0: all the testimonies tonight and Lord just being able to see your hand working in our midst we thank you for your blessings and your goodness your protection over us Lord just using us to take your word to the world in which we live we thank you for opportunities to serve you in Jesus name we pray amen brother Franz the teens be dismissed And I believe next Sunday night, we should get just a little taste of some of the caroling that was done uh, in the parks and things. And um, I believe we're going to have Andrew preach the last Sunday night of the year. I'd like to give him an opportunity when he is home to to, uh, preach. And so the rest of us, let's turn to the book of Proverbs. And uh, not sure if we're going to get the whole chapter in, but uh, I'm to try to move a little more quickly. I mean, many of these proverbs over the years have chosen to take an entire message just on one proverb. And of course, if if we did that on Sunday nights, we'd be here until uh, 2025 or something along those lines. And so I think we're going to move a little more quickly than that. And uh, just one thing to understand as we get into chapter 3, chapters 1 and 2 are primarily narratives that all of the verses or most of the verses in the chapter are are connected. Whereas in Proverbs chapter 3, we're going to see uh, I have it divided up into seven different sections over thirty five verses, some of them only one or two, some three to five verses. And when we get into the later chapters we 're going to see almost every individual proverb set all by itself, just a list uh, of incredible sayings and Of course, if we go back to chapter one they 're to give us wisdom, they're to give us understanding. uh, To allow us to see clearly, Uh, we live in a world where people just don't see things. They just don't understand. It's it is definitely it is desperately, I should say, uh, difficult. Becoming more and more difficult to impart the gospel to people because they live in such a Bizarre world of anti-reasoning and lack of understanding and wrong is good and good is wrong. And in order for God's word to really be understood, you've got to cut through all of that. That's one of the things Proverbs is about. And uh, we start in verse 1, the first little section Verses 1 through 4, My son, forget not my law, but let thine heart keep my commandments. For length of days and long life and peace shall they add unto thee. Let not mercy and truth forsake thee. Bind them about thy neck. Write them upon the table of thine heart. So shalt thou find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man. Again, we are reminded that Solomon is writing these words to his son. How many of you remember what the Bible testimony is of Rehoboam? He prepared not his heart to seek the Lord. That's why he was a failure. Uh, You do not come across great Bible knowledge accidentally. Uh, I've met a few that have, I mean... Um, how many of you remember the Tony Alamo papers that used to be all over the neighborhood and that that guy would quote reference after reference after reference and I actually made the mistake of reading one of those. Uh, His ultimate goal in Christianity was proving that a man ought to have more than one wife at the same time. And uh, of course the rejoinder was I actually saw a picture, he made the mistake of including a picture of his first wife and Uh, There may have been reasons behind that, but none of them were scriptural, let me tell you. Uh, Mr. Alamo was a very strange individual, and all he did was he would quote scripture after scripture after scripture, and then he would put two or three lines in that would negate the truth of all the scriptures. Uh, Just a bizarre man. If you're going to learn God's law and have spiritual wisdom, it's going to take time. It's going to take a lot of time. And Solomon is saying, My son, forget not my law, but let thine heart keep my commandments. How many times have you just forgotten something very important? You just passed. I, I wasn't even thinking about it. Why? Because if you don't keep it continually in front of your eyes, you forget. Julia was talking about getting Casey out once or twice a year, says my, my uh, control of not making my mouth move when I'm talking for the dummy, and said it's not as good as it used to be because I don't practice as much. And I was thinking about my saxophone, I, I've got to do more than just Sunday nights during the song service. If we're going to use those things, you've got to keep them in front of your eyes at all times. If you're going to have God's Word, you can't just take your Bible and put it on the shelf tomorrow morning as you go to work and then pick it up next Saturday and expect to be walking with the Lord. It's got even in Bible college, you can get so busy learning about the Bible and trying to prepare for serving the Lord that you don't do it. In fact, I talked to a guy and said, well, they changed the rules at our Bible college, and it was actually the college I went to, he says, you didn't have to go passing out tracts or on visitation at all to graduate Bible college. He said, I didn't do that. It was a mistake, and I'm sitting here going, wow, that, that, what a testimony. I'm going to Bible college... And I don't actively invite people to the church I'm attending while I'm a student preparing for the ministry. That's a mess. By the way, that didn't happen at Heartland. Uh, And never will, as long as men who love the Lord are helping to oversee what goes on in the school. But the college I went to, Baptist Bible College in Springfield, Missouri, Christian service is no longer part of your Christian education. If that's not an indictment, I don't know what is. If that is not exactly the opposite of what this first two verses talk about. My son, forget not my law, but let thine heart keep my commandments. I mean, living the Christian life is not a complicated thing, my friend. It's just doing right. It's just obeying the Bible. Now look what you get when you obey the Bible. Length of days, long life, and peace shall they add unto thee. I don't know about you, as crazy as this world is, I'm not quite sure I want long life and length of days, but I'll tell you what I do want. I want peace. And as long as God gives me peace, I'll take the long life and the length of days because I can serve him until he comes. Amen? Uh, Again, we could spend the whole night on these two verses and I don't want to do that. But start just those of you that are old enough to look back over a period of life, stop and think about decisions that you have made that have changed your life 10 years down the road. That length of days, that peace that is being talked about, you make right decisions today. 10 and 15 years down the road, you're going to reap the rewards of those right decisions. It may seem discouraging today. It may seem like you're just, uh, the phrase I like to use is treading peanut butter. Praise the Lord, I've never actually done that, but uh, I have imagined what that would feel like. Uh, just stepping in, ooh and goo. Actually, we came pretty close to it on the roof work, stuck in the tar up there on the roof. Uh, just You just put all forth all of your effort, and you're not going anywhere. Sometimes the Lord puts you there, but listen, forget not my law. Keep But let thine heart keep my commandments. Because you're going to receive that reward. That's what's being talked about here. Look at the next one. Let not mercy and truth forsake thee. You know, sometimes it's easy to lay aside mercy, is it not? How do we keep mercy in our lives? It's not talking here about giving mercy as much as it is keeping mercy in our lives. Mercy is what the defeated receives at the hand of the victor. How many of you get this idea? I'm doing pretty good today. Got the victory. And then you fall flat on your face. Why? Why? Because the victory is His. I'm defeated. And as long as I remember my defeat and His victory we can keep that mercy. What is the truth? The truth of course is God's Word. And time you come up against God's Word and and we've talked about this in many different ways I think in In reality, this is the battle that we fight as Christians today, is when I look at my life and what I do and how I do it, and then I look into the mirror of God's truth, what do I always find? I come up so short. And we have this attitude, why even try? Well, wait a minute, it ought not be you trying it ought to be Him. Why? Oh, Because I'm defeated. It's His mercy that allows me to live. So we do not lower the standard of God's truth to make it easier for us to live. We keep striving. Let not mercy and truth forsake thee. Keep them active in the, in your life, and the only way they're going to be there is if you're on your face at the foot of the cross, amen? It says, bind them about thy neck. Have you ever had anything that you actually bound around your neck? Uh, be careful, you could get choked that way. Uh, kids are always looking for a piece of rope or somebody's belt or something to play with, and well, I'll tell you what, that, that always gets me nervous because I've known some children or of some children who've lost their lives playing that way. But what it's talking about, ladies, how many of you have had a special locket or some piece of jewelry that you'd like to wear on a chain around your neck? I remember years ago when my wife and I, she wasn't my wife back then, finally got permission. I got Brother Marshall's permission to give her my class ring. And it was this great big hulking thing. Of course, she's a very little and dainty lady, so she couldn't wear it on her fingers and play the piano, so she got a little chain and hung it about her neck. I think it was your mom that said, or was it Jennifer, as soon as you stepped off the plane, all she could see was ring. And... uh, But that's what it's talking about. Often a king or... uh, I saw this, I I thought it was kind of funny. I read an article about a president of a Bible college and and the whole article was about the transfer of the college medallion from the former president to the new little twerp... I mean, sorry. Uh, The president of the Bible college wasn't even in his 30s yet. Uh, And I'm sitting here going what in the world do we do with a young little twerp? And, of course, he changed everything about the Bible college, and it wasn't for the better. It was a Christian, quote-unquote, college. Those things mean something. They're supposed to. It's an identification. And if we're going to bind these things about us, if we're going to identify ourselves as servants of the King. It ought to remind us of his mercy and his truth now, shouldn't it? I'm a recipient of God's mercy. I should be, my life is a receptacle for his truth. Now, look what happens here. As in the poetry that is here, we are, we are bouncing things back and forth. He says, So shalt thou find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man. Oops, I skipped. Write them upon the table of thine heart. Bind them about thy neck. Write them upon the table of thine heart. So shalt thou find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man. Sometimes I feel like I'm having a problem being understood. You ever had that problem, parents? Just wait till little Franz comes along. And sit there and go, but I told you, what part of clean your room don't you understand? But uh, uh, how many of you have ever been misunderstood? Well, if you want to be understood properly, this is how you do it. You've got to bind mercy and truth about thy neck, carry it. As an emblem, you've got to write it upon the table of thine heart so that when your mouth speaks out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Mercy and truth. Now, has anybody got that down? No. How are we going to have that happen? We got to work on it every Every day. This is the admonition. I, I just think, what would have happened if Rehoboam would have only listened to what Dad said? But you know what Rehoboam was too busy doing? He was too busy having fun and enjoying all the excesses of Dad's reign and his prosperity. And that's what destroyed Rehoboam. So, my son, forget not my law, but let thine heart keep my commandments. For length of day and long life and peace shall they add to thee. Let not mercy and truth forsake thee. Bind them upon thy neck. Write them upon the table of thine heart. So thou shalt find favor and good understanding in the sight of God. Now, what's that last two words? And man. Sometimes we get this idea that if we're a really good Christian, everybody ought to hate us. Now, I'll tell you what, there are some people that I would really be honored if they disliked me. Because they stand for evil. I mean, if Hillary Clinton recovers, you know, I hope that she doesn't like me. She doesn't even know who I am. Uh, I did have a little brush with Carolyn Maloney several years ago. Our uh, Congressperson from this area, uh, being that I was a pastor of a church, I got a nice letter from her office. What do you think about such and such and so I wrote her a nice little paper, and I got a glowing letter back oh uh, you 're such and, and what do you think about this and I wrote her a very nice little letter, totally disagreeing with what she said and i Never received any more correspondence in all these years. But what has happened many times is people say, "Well, preacher, I understand what you say. I don't agree with you, but I understand what you're talking about." People used to live like that, but they don't anymore. Is it? Well, wait a minute. We can still live like that. It can still be little house on the prairie in New York City. Amen. Uh, that's what my brother-in-law, Ted, used to call it. He said, you got your little kids and you got little house on the prayer. Well, it can still be simple and loving in Bible, even today, if we'll follow what God says. Amen? It shall give thee good understanding in the sight of God and man. Now, the next little section here are verses that I would hope and trust that you have put to your memory. If you have not, you should. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord, and depart from evil. It shall be health to thy navel, and marrow to thy bones." Honor thy father and thy mother with thy substance and with the first fruits of all thine increase. So shall thy barns be filled with plenty and thy presses shall burst out with new wine. Now, this little section, the verses 5 through 10, are all connected here. It says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. He says the same thing a different way in verse 6. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Verse 7, same thing. He's saying it again. Be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. Sometimes we read, trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not unto thine own understanding. Okay, that sounds good. But how many of you see the parallelism here? Be not wise in thine own eyes, fear the Lord and depart from evil is saying the exact same thing, just a little differently. Everybody look real close. Do you see it now? I mean, it is there. It is the the way the Hebrew poetry works is instead of bouncing, uh, rhyming words, I call it bouncing words off of each other. What we're doing here is we're rhyming ideals. Uh, I like the basis of Hebrew poetry much more than I do the basis of English poetry. But I like listening to well-written English poetry. How many of you have ever read poetry in motion on the subways. That is the most bizarre collection of human garbage that I've ever read. The tree grew or whatever, I don't know. It is so bizarre you can't even repeat it. Uh, Doesn't make any sense at all. There's no connection running down the beach, running, 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 running down the beach in the middle of the night. Go to sleep, man. Look at God's poetry. I mean, there's something to this. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. You know, you're know, you going to have to make a decision at one point in your life or another. Who is going to be the final arbiter of truth? Most people choose themselves. Uh, I have made this statement on many occasions because I'm trying to illustrate the point. If Brother Thompson were still with us and I held my Bible up and he said it was green, I'd go get my eyes checked. You say, why would you do that? Well, Brother Thompson wouldn't say my black Bible is green, number one. But I'm trying to use a hyperbole to illustrate the point that God has put different men in my life To help me understand what truth is. And if I'm going to lean on someone's understanding. It ought not be my own. That's what this verse is talking about. Lean not. But we all do. Because it's all about. Me, whether I want it to be or not, I've got to fight against me. I've got to constantly get rid of me. It is so hard to be not wise in thine own eyes. Pride is such a horrid thing. How many people? Have I heard over the years? Well, you know, Pastor, I I mean, I, I don't know the Bible as well as you do, but you're wrong on this. And I'm sitting here going, you know, I don't claim perfection, but let me tell you something. The Bible says, be not wise in thine own eyes. There will come a time when you're going to have to lean on someone else's understanding. That's, if you want to know what the teenage years are all about, They're the, the working that God does in a young person's life to teach them to begin to lean on the understanding of others instead of themselves. The reason why teenage years are often so tumultuous is because there's nothing for them to lean on. And by the way, how many of you have ever been walking out in the woods and you said, man, I could use a walking stick. Let me see what I can find you. You go kicking around and you find you a beautiful, nice walking stick and you put it down on the ground and it snaps in half. Anybody ever done that? Okay. Okay. Listen. Be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord, depart from evil. Lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. If we don't get a hold of this, you're never going to serve God. In fact, you'll never even get saved if you're not going to lean on God's understanding of yourself. It's hard to look at yourself and say, I'm a sinner deserving of hell. But until you get there, you can't get saved. Isn't that true? And we look at these verses that are here and this admonition that Solomon is giving to his son. Because look at verse 8. It shall be health to thy navel and marrow to thy bones. How many of us are on acid reflux medication? Why? Well, it's just because of all of the... uh, The Italian word is agita. I like that word. It just describes what goes on, right? It's all of the upset and turmoil. And it just keeps you rolling all the time. You want health in your digestive system? You want that disruption to cease? Fear the Lord, depart from evil. Be not wise in thine own eyes. In all thy ways acknowledge him. If somebody else is in charge, then you don't have to be. Amen? Marrow to thy bones. I'll tell you, that's strength. We, we deal with osteoporosis today, one of the major causes of, of uh, pain and suffering in our society. you got good mar- bone marrow, you don't have osteoporosis. You have good bone marrow. Guess what else you don't have? Leukemia and a dozen other types of cancers and diseases. Now, does the fact that you get leukemia mean that you didn't fear the Lord and didn't know no? That's but the connection here is that there is going to be a health and a strength and a vigorness, a vigor to your health if you will follow the things that the Lord has. Now look at verse 9 and 10 here. We've got two more and we'll try to get these in tonight. Honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruits of all thine increase. So shall thy barns be filled with plenty and thy presses shall burst out with new wine. Now I've included these things all together here because this is We're to trust in the Lord. Verse 5. The next thing is to honor the Lord. These ideas are connected here. And when it talks about honoring the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruits of thine increase, it's talking about giving. Where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. You just can't get past that truth. Where your treasure is. It says, honor the Lord with thy substance. You know, the best way to keep unattached to things on this earth? Give it to the Lord. Put your treasure in heaven. Put your treasure on the mission field. Somebody says, what are you going to do if Sarah goes to the mission field? Pray for her. Try to get our church to support her and her husband if she finds one. Amen. And and those things. I I want my treasure. Now, I don't want my daughter to move 8,000 miles away. I'd like to see her. But let me tell you something. I'd rather have my treasure on the mission field, doing something to serve the Lord than sitting here home making lots of money, or whatever, pursuing trivial things. I want my treasure in God's service, where God will call them. Brother Clayton said a while back, said, "Pete, before you're done with this thing, you're going to have kids all over the world. What are you going to do?" I said. Praise the Lord. Amen. And, of course, I have my 12-12 uh, uh, retirement program. Amen. They have to put up with mom and dad for at least one month every year. Uh, so we'll just drive around in our little two-seater car. No room for anybody but us. And we'll just stop over at this one and stop over at this one. Uh, I don't. I'm just joking. I have no idea what the Lord will hold for us. I hope and pray we'll be so busy serving the Lord that we'll be able to see each other as the Lord allows until he comes back. Amen? You see, you want blessings. It says here, so shall thy barns be filled with plenty and thy presses shall burst out with new wine. Rich was measured in these days, not by the amount of money that you had in the bank, but by the food you were able to eat, and that you were able to give extra to others. You see, today, I'm not sure how it all works out, but... uh, uh, with as many tax deductions as I have running around the house for the next 20 years or so, I will always be under the poverty level, according to the United States government. And, and they talk about all of this stuff. And I, I'm not worried about that, because I'm not getting thin on poverty, I'll tell you that. I've got to work on getting off some of the extra that I've picked up here over the years, If this is poverty, I'll take it. Amen? Listen. We define riches the wrong way. We define these things improperly. God said, listen, if you have what you need, it says your barns are going to be filled with plenty. Why? So you can give we talk about christmas it's always blessed more blessed to give than to receive and do you know why it's more blessed to give it's because if you're giving you have enough to give in those days you didn't have visa and mastercard you you didn't have the opportunity just to go borrow and 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 live on excess you had One set of clothes. This was middle class Israel, we might say. What was the difference between middle class and poor? Well, the poor had one set of clothes too, but it wasn't worth looking at. The middle class had one set of clothes and it was decent. Only the richest of the rich would have changeable garments. That puts all of us in this room in the richest of the rich. And I'm kind of glad because you wear the same thing all the time. It gets to doing things that uh, we really don't want to have happen in an auditorium full of people. Amen? Uh, It's good that you can put that thing in the dry cleaner and air it out every once in a while. But uh, the simple truth of the matter is, if you had plenty in your barn, you were able to ease the suffering of other people who didn't have plenty. That was considered rich. To have a store of grape juice, I mean, the uh, we Americans, I think we have more different kinds of drinks than any people group in the history of the world. I mean, how many varieties of Snapple are there? And then you have vitamin water. And then you have... Uh, what is it, the Sobe, and then you have the energy drinks, and then you have all of the sodas, and you have the new Pepsi and the old Pepsi and the uh, Diet Pepsi. And uh, the thing that I get frustrated with is you go to the store and you can't find uh, that variety that you're looking for. Uh, how many of you remember the vanilla cherry Coke Zero? Uh, I, I thought that stuff was fabulous. Uh, Uh, You can find vanilla sometimes, cherry usually, but finding them together is really tough. Oh, how deprived we are. Uh, Listen. You had to store that grape juice from the harvest season to get the whole way through until the next one. Oh, that's right, Pastor. That's why they had to drink alcoholic wine because there was no other way to preserve it. No, actually, it's easier to preserve grape juice than it is to preserve alcohol. Always has been. You've got to work hard to make dirty stuff. And that's what alcohol is. It's why it says, Thy thy presses shall burst out with new wine. That's grape juice. You could boil that down and make a concentrate out of it that would keep for years. They would also boil it down and make sugar. How many of you like sweetness? Well, they would make grape sugar. And that was one of their only opportunities, unless you could find a beehive full of honey. God says, I'm going to provide for you. I'm going to make sure that you have what you need in abundance. But you've got to honor the Lord. He's got to be in charge. It says, of thy substance, that's what you have, and with the first fruits of all thine increase. Give to the Lord. Why do we give to the Lord? Well, let's just go back to what it's contrasting and connected to here. You're supposed to trust in the Lord with all thine heart. You want to trust in the Lord with all thine heart? Put some of your treasure in the Lord's work. It'll draw you to him. You can't stop it. Because where your treasure is there is going to be your heart. You want to know why I love Heartland Baptist Bible College so much and talk about it all the time? Well, our church, we've been able to invest in Heartland. But we've sent our students to Heartland. And we have Heartland graduates here with us. Brother Newberger graduated Heartland. Brother Jason, Anita, and Carolina, Peter are all graduates. We got Sarah, Andrew, and Rachel there now. And we're looking forward to sending others. How can I not help but love the place? That's where my treasure is. Brother Sam figured it out. He says, I'm going to be about 83 when Jason shows up on campus. (laughs) Looking forward to that day. Because then he'll finally be out of the house. Now, well, we got through 10 verses. That's pretty good. Amen? But look at these verses. Read them. Put them into your heart. Think about what they're talking about. Every part of your life is rolled over and examined a thousand different ways from a hundred different angles in the book of Proverbs. You need to do that kind of, uh, not introspection, but inspection of your life. Let God's word lead you. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you this night. We thank you and ask you to bless our understanding of your word. Lord, help us to trust you in all of our ways, to acknowledge you, to be not wise in our own eyes, to not allow that false pride and things to destroy us and and derail us, get us off. Help us to honor you with our substance, that our hearts will follow and trust in you. Let us wear mercy and truth as a medallion about the neck, written upon the tables of our heart. In Jesus' name we pray. And before we finish that prayer, we'll just give you an opportunity to slip out. If you need to come and pray, And we'll take just a few minutes before we get into our prayer time tonight.